eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas advancing to the Sweet 16 over Texas Tech. We're going to talk about that, obviously, a lot today. We've also got a little bit of football to get into as Arkansas had a big spring scrimmage. Y'all saw my walk and talk. We went over that a little bit. But today's focus is Arkansas in the Sweet 16. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live and YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like or a thumbs up on both of those platforms if you like the content we're delivering. Also, interact with the video. Share it with somebody you think might like it. You got a dad or a grandpa or somebody, a friend who doesn't know about the show. Help us grassroot it and let them know about it. Also, available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star rating, we would love to have that from you now. Also, if you want to leave a review, let other people know what to expect, then please do so as well. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Guys, I was in high school. I was a senior in high school last time Arkansas made the Sweet 16. I went to Fayetteville thinking, like, this is just going to be a regular occurrence, and it hasn't happened in 25 years, and they've got a chance to do something that hadn't been done in 26 years also coming up here uh, against Oral Roberts. That game, Oral Roberts in Arkansas, the 15 seed Oral Roberts is set for Saturday, March 27th, 6.25 p.m., and it'll be televised on TBS. Same place as the, as the Colgate game. Same Banks Life Fieldhouse. Banks Life Field or Banker's Life Fieldhouse. So, yeah, guys. Arkansas beat Oral Roberts earlier in the year, 87-76. If you've been following uh, with Coach Ruta and his scheduling, they actually did schedule pretty darn good. And and was something they got criticized a lot for. Oral Roberts, Abilene Christian, North Texas, a few of the schools there. Of course, Oklahoma State, which lost last night. So let's talk about this game a little bit because, first of all, we got there's so many things that we've got to touch on here. But you know, just to kind of recap the game, I almost feel like I, I've got to talk about the uh, the deal with with Todd Furman, who is an analyst for CBS Sports and, and other places. He does some stuff for I think Fox for Clay Travis and stuff like that. But for those of you who aren't familiar with this story, before the game, Furman went on CBS Sports HQ and just really trashed Musselman. Like, I get, you know, as Seth Davis was saying, I get picking against him, but, like, a baseless claim that, like, that Coach Beard, Chris Beard, is licking his chops because it's Musselman on the other sideline. This is the biggest mismatch or one of the biggest mismatch, I can't remember which one he said, in the round of 32 from a head coaching standpoint. That just seems bizarre to me, like almost like there's some kind of axe to grind or something. And like for him to say, like, you know, Arkansas didn't like my pick. It's not about the pick. It's about it's about what you said along with the pick. You know, that's like me saying, like, Seth Davis sees this. Seth Davis says, so Furman says, I don't think Coach Must liked my Texas Tech pick earlier in the day. Seth Davis, who picked Colgate to upset Arkansas in the first round, says, I think and hope people understand the difference between picking games – and taking personal shots. To disrespect a coach by saying his counterpart, counterpart is licking his chops is ludicrous. Must is as good as there is. 
and he's a great dude to boot. First of all, you can't – like, it shows ignorance to think that, like, you can say something like that and Arkansas fans aren't going to come out of the woodworks and attack you. I mean, that's just the way – that's just the way Arkansas fans are. And if you don't know that, then you found out. But Seth Davis is right. And I'm sure when Ted – when Todd Furman, Ted Furman – Whenever, whenever he said this, I'm sure Seth Davis was licking his chops because you talk about uh, a mismatch of analyst. Just saying. All right. Back to the game. So, and uh, you know, again, like he says, like if if McClung if Mac McClung hadn't missed that free throw at the end, then you know he'd been looking like a genius. Or if they hadn't missed those like last two layups like okay so what if what if moody on that that foul that they uh, replayed what if they call that a jump ball which i thought it probably was what if they what if uh note doesn't accidentally step on mac mcclung's foot what if note makes both free throws instead of just one i mean there's so many things like that like we can say like you're like literally going to say if this had happened then i would look like a g no it's not a situation where Chris Beard or Eric Musselman was out coaching each other. It, you know, first of all, Arkansas never gave up the lead at the end, but they're not out coaching each other. They're they're both doing a great job, in my opinion, coaching, and it comes down to players making plays at the end of the game here. If McClung doesn't miss a free throw, then you look like a genius. No, no, I'm sorry. I hate to just bag on somebody like that, but you just kind of ask for it. Speaking of Note, by the way, not the best finish for Note. Missed that driving layup. Took that three with like, there's 11 seconds left on the shot clock. Took a deep three. I think that was around like 55 second mark. You're just like, oh God, Note had that foul. Went one of two on the free throw line. But the thing about Note is, and this is why he's one of my favorite Razorbacks already, all time, is because that same sequence he drains those free throws in another game. He hits that three-pointer in another game. He he makes that layup. And let's not forget that rebound that he had at the end of the game to seal it. They missed that driving layup. It's a great play by Justin Smith. Didn't foul him. The dude kind of flopped, as Devo Davis said, after the game. And then Note was in position, followed the shot, pulled down that rebound against a bigger defender, and sealed it for Arkansas. Got himself a little bit of dunk. You know, and also, like, what, what about what ifs? Like, if Devo Davis, when Arkansas is – is surging right there. If he doesn't get called for a flagrant foul on that dunk, which wasn't. I mean, you're going that fast and you're expected just to let go, what? And just to flop on your back? Of course, yeah, he pulled back a little bit. That was that's ridiculous. Like, first of all, let the kids hang on the rim a little bit. What's why is that not fun? Like, what's next? You're gonna go back to the days of Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and take away the dunk? Like, come on, let them, let the kids have fun. Let them hang on the rim a little bit. Who cares? It's not like disrespect. I get like if it's excessive, you're doing chin-ups or something. But that's not what's happening. It's like a huge momentum deal. And there was a guy run there was a guy running underneath him. And we're gonna call a foul, a technical. Come on now. But yeah, there's a plenty of like what if things like that. Justin Smith, again, fantastic. I mean, 20 points, nine of eleven from the floor, six rebounds, two assists. Moses Moody wasn't like super effective, super hot, but you know had those back to back, or had that back to back bank three that answer on the bank, which was pretty cool. Um, you don't see that very often. Fifteen point six rebounds. Jalen Williams had a real good game, and I thought early on like Jalen's like if you're not going to rebound, you got to come out of the game and you got to play small ball, and that's that's kind of how things started out. They were getting a ton of offensive boards, but Jalen came back in, ended up leading everyone in rebounds with 10, only had one points, but made some great passes, four assists. I mean, he hit he hit uh, Justin Smith cut into the basket twice late on really good – I mean, those were key moments. Jalen Williams did very well. This is what Musselman said, by the way. I know I keep going back to this, but it just it, it baffles me the way he said this. Mus- so Musselman says after the game, you know, obviously his son shows him the video. And by the way, Kevin White, uh, excuse me, Kenny White picked Arkansas to win, said it was a great coaching matchup on the same deal for CBS. But Musselman said, I'm surprised we could do that. I was alerted before the game about somebody on CBS who said something about the coaching matchup, so I was a little shocked 
we could actually win a close game based on his comments. Whoever that guy is, I've never heard of him in my entire life, so his credibility is absolute zero, absolutely zero. But anyway, coaching in a lot of games, I hope that experience helps the NBA when you get to coach 82 games. There's a lot of close games instead of 30. Um, and then he was asked later, Ty Richardson asked him later, if he takes that stuff personal, if he likes it, rub, you know, roll off his shoulder or whatever. First of all, yeah, you take it personally. I mean, like, there's a lot of people who criticize me, obviously, you know, people in the comments and stuff like that. And that's one thing, you know, I understand, you know, you know, people on a message board maybe got an ax to grind against me or something. But, like, if someone were to get on, like, you know, on the radio or something and say, you know, Trey Biddy's a hack, you know, like, put their face to it, like another media person or something like that, I would take offense to that. That would, like, drive me. That would piss me off. Like, I'm not going to fake that that – I'm not going to say, yeah, I, just, I don't let that stuff get to me. It just – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that as motivation. And I don't have a problem at all with musclemen firing back at that at all. Put it on your shoulder if you need to. If it motivates you, go for it. I don't think we can be too critical about what Musselman is doing right now anyway. But, yeah, if somebody says something like that to you, I mean, that's, that's personal to me. People can say stuff like it's just business. Business is personal. Screw that. Business is personal. I'll say this about Eric Musselman, too and why I'm all for him saying what he feels, because the top three stories in the month of March on hogsports.com, the top three stories produced by our writers are all about Eric Musselman. All the, the top bubble experience off to a rocky start. Yeah. In the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's the next Musselman irked by postseason award snubs. That was the number two story. And then this one, this one now with uh, Musselman fires back at a reporter who trashes him or analyst who trashes him. I mean, we're, what, 14 or 15, 15 hours into that story, and it's, it's one of the top three on, our net, on, on Hog Sports right now. So keep it up, Eric. <laughs> we love you. We love you. You know, Curtis Wilkerson has just – I think he does a great job with this uh, player-grade story. So, let's let's talk a little bit about it. I don't want to give everything away. It is a VIP breakdown that Curtis does. And Curtis has been in Indianapolis. He's actually on his way back to St. Louis. His father lives there. So, he's going to stay there a few days before heading back to Indianapolis uh, for the Sweet 16 matchup with the Oral Roberts. But he has been there. If you've watched his instant reactions from outside the different arenas, doing a great job covering the Hogs there, even though it's been difficult. I mean, they – they have made it a little difficult. I heard at Hinkle Fieldhouse it's a little better, but the first round games, the the whole thing with like being able to do a stand up outside because there's construction everywhere, and you you know you just get ushered out of the arena as soon as the zoom is over. You don't even have time to write a story. And I get that, you know, they're moving people in and out. That you know they've got a lot of games. It's it's COVID, but there have been some things that have been kind of like just very frustrating. Like, I mean, just the zoom stuff afterwards. Like Eric Musselman's post game press conference, you can't record it like we've been doing with zoom stuff all the time they're going to record it and they're going to upload it and when you try to upload it it's a 20 gigabyte file that takes over an hour to download and then you have to upload that again to youtube i mean it's just it's it's ridiculous like take notes through the things that have worked perfectly well throughout this whole thing anyway i digress but there have been some things that have been just like but I understand it's COVID. I mean, things are difficult. Everybody's doing their best. Justin Smith, A-plus. We talked about him a little bit. I mean, he was just fantastic, I thought, and has been fantastic throughout this. Debo Davis. Debo Davis gets an A. I mean, Debo Davis is – I mean, you got to love that guy. You know, like, even when – I think he had a foul, a reach-in or something, and I'm just thinking he's going to make up for this. And then, like, a couple plays later, you know, just makes a huge play. Debo Love his energy, love his attitude. Just seems like such a good kid, young man. Moses Moody, a even though Moses didn't like just have his dominant game. I don't feel like Arkansas has just put it all together yet offensively. I mean, they played great defense in this game, but I don't know like have they just like put it together? They forty two percent from the floor, twenty four percent from three point range. I mean, it's not like I think they were out rebounded by two. Trailed and assist. I mean, there's there's plenty of figures here. And, you know, 
on the other hand, Texas Tech shoots 50% from three-point range. So I, I don't know that Arkansas has like just put it together yet. We haven't seen a complete game from them. Jalen Williams, uh, B+. Jalen had a good game, not like offensively aside from passing the ball. Jalen Tate, B. Jalen Tate knocked down four key three, uh, free throws there at the end of the game too. Note gets a B- minus from Curtis. I think – you know, if he doesn't pull down that rebound at the end, then, you know, it might be a little worse. But, again, I'll say this a million times. He made a, he made some huge shots for Arkansas, too, at a critical moment. But I was I asked Eric Musselman about this after the Colgate game. Like, how do you manage him? And I, I didn't want to put it in a way like you've got to manage him because you cannot take away his aggression. You can't be like, hey, just calm down a little bit, J.D. Just, you, because you've got to – you take that – I mean, like, like I was saying, this same sequence – produces two made free throws, a, a deep three dagger, you know, with, with 55 seconds left, um, you know, a driving layup that, that goes in. You know, there's – it just went the other way, but we've seen so many times where he just takes people's soul away from them. So don't change J.D. Note. Don't change him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy – celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, we're going to get to some of your questions on this thing, too. I also want to talk a little bit about Saturday Razorback scrimmage extravaganza. Arkansas ran 110 plays in the scrimmage. Um, just to go over a few things, and that's not including special teams plays, which, again, special teams, you don't see this much special teams work. I didn't think the special teams uh, were particularly impressive, particularly punting. Sam Lloyd probably had the best punt, 51 yards. There wasn't like – they weren't just like drilling, uh, drilling, drilling field goal attempts one after another. That didn't happen. The kickoffs were, were pretty good. Uh, I thought, actually, Miles Slusher, in terms of the return game, he was – with the fourth group in as a return man, I thought he looked the best, um, you know, just from a pure speed standpoint. He looked extremely fast weaving through. I guess it was fours versus fours at this point. But just looking at him from a speed standpoint uh, and him back there with Raheem Sanders, who Raheem Sanders had a nice game, had probably the best run, maybe a 40-yard run, I think, something like that, and finished it. 6'2", 210. People know who know me. Freshman, running back in the SEC, like a freshman SEC running back where you're just like, this guy, this guy's good. That that pulls at my heart a little bit. I, I just love that. I love that position. I love the history of running backs in this conference. And to see a guy that you feel good about and then also know that A.J. Green is on his way, I like it. I also like what I see from this offensive line, particularly – Particularly three guys. I, 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 it's hard for me to say on Ray Curry much because I haven't just seen a whole lot from him, like in individual moments. But I've seen moments with Jalen St. John. You know, Jalen St. John isn't particularly quick. He's also 6'5", 340 pounds. Uh, but when he gets his hands on you, I, I just think he's better inside versus outside. I just think that's going to be a better position for him. So he has worked right guard and, and right tackle some. But I just feel like Takias Crawford, 6'5", 355, by the way, who does move – actually pretty well at that size and probably needs to drop down. I mean, 355 is a lot of weight. 
but actually does move pretty well at that size. I've seen some things from him where you're just like, oh, okay, okay, to kissed. And I've seen some things with, um, you know, Jalen St. John in that same regard. And I, I love that on the right side. I love the big guys on the right side like that. And then Marcus Henderson has done some. Marcus Henderson has some feet, y'all. And I mean, it's no surprise that he played tight end some last year. And he's a guy that has to probably continue to add more weight. He's been well over 300 pounds before, but he, he dropped below it. Now he's right at about 300, 295, I think, something like that. Um, but he'll, he'll, he'll get that weight back on. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about 2022, you know, these are three guys that we could really be talking about up front on the offensive line for Arkansas. And there's still, you know, there's still Brady Latham, who's not as big but has experience and is very technically sound. There's still Bo Lemmer. Ty Clary will be gone. Ricky Stromberg back in the middle at center. So there's some reasons to be encouraged, I think, moving forward about this offensive line. And, uh, and you know, obviously Sam Pittman has a pretty good – recruiting history when it comes to offensive line and I think Brad Davis probably does too so just a few thoughts on the offensive line I was not dramatically impressed with the quarterback play uh I I feel like KJ is overthrowing a lot of passes right now but we also have seen KJ like perform pretty well and he's got a lot on his shoulders right now um you know Malik Hornsby I haven't seen like a guy that's like super you know, maybe too patient, actually. I mean, I, I do feel like there was a lot of sacks on Saturday. There was a lot of sacks. And then they're touch sacks. And a guy like Malik Hornsby can escape a lot of that, escape a lot of that pressure. So maybe that's part of it, too. Um, but really the guy that's like just looks super calm out there is Lucas Coley. I'm not sure how tall Coley is. I'm not sure like he's 6'2 is listed, maybe more like six foot. But he's got a really good arm. He throws with really, really good velocity. In fact, better than I expected. And is mobile, but also looks very calm. And all the drills that you see, that's something that stands out to me about Coley. He just looks very calm. He had a really nice pass in the end zone to Keetron Jackson that was actually a little bit out of bounds. Uh, but I think he also threw a strike soon after that over the middle, maybe to John David White, who John David White had a pretty good game. He would he almost had two touchdown catches. One of them went down at the one-yard line on a bomb. So – just a few thoughts on the quarterback. I really – the three quarterbacks that impressed me the most are those three, and then probably four, probably Cade Renfro, and then, um, you know, John uh, – Stephen Jones probably probably fifth on my list right now. Although John Stephen had a couple of good throws, but uh, really those four. And, I mean, KJ, Malik, Lucas Coley, those are probably my three right now. What else we got? Wide receivers, there's just a lot to choose from right now. Jaqueline Crawford didn't scrimmage. But they've got some talented players at wide receiver. It'll be interesting to see, like, can uh, Trey Knox emerge? Can he reemerge to his freshman – really just the first four or five games his freshman year before he got hurt or before that uh, bruise started really setting in on him, on his hip – I think it was his hip against the Ole Miss game. Um, but but Knox, you know, it's not like he he just hasn't produced a whole lot the second half of his freshman year and all of his sophomore year. But he's got so much talent, so much ability, and I've seen him. You know, the, I think the last practice I watched before the scrimmage, I felt like he had a really good uh, practice, caught a lot of passes, made some plays. He didn't have any catches in the scrimmage though. But you know, there's him. There's Jaqueline Crawford. Um, you know, uh, Debion Warren is a guy that'll be back for you. Uh, you've got. Darren Turner, Keetron Jackson. You've got some nice-looking names. Tyson Morris is back, of course. You've got some nice-looking young wide receivers in addition to some guys with some experience. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a really good situation to drop a quarterback into. Around 20 starters, you drop your quarterback in. They're going to have some starters that get beat out, though. There's some young guys that are coming up that are going to beat out some starters before everything's said and done. You know, defensively, I think they're going to be okay on the defensive line. Maybe not great this year, but I think they're going to be okay. I think a lot of that maybe depends on how an Andy Boykin who didn't scrimmage Saturday emerges or Marcus Miller, um, you know, or Jaden Williams, Jalen Williams, the, uh, the the Juco defensive tackle who really, you know, third, fourth string right now knows. So, I mean, we'll see if he moves up, but he hasn't – he's behind some guys right now. Uh, in those defensive ends, you know, how does Matteo Soli, who's six. 240 right now. I still think he needs to add some weight, but I really like Eric. Gre- Eric Gregory's on. Eric Gregory is 300 pounds. Actually, last time I talked to him, um, yeah, I think he's listed at 295, 298, but he says he's over 300 pounds uh, at defensive end now. But Dorian Gerald, you know, I think they're really strong at end. Uh, I like Isaiah Nichols a lot, who didn't scrimmage Saturday. He'd probably be back after spring break, so they're going to practice Tuesday 
and then they'll take off till the follow not the next not the upcoming Thursday but they'll take off all the way around to the next Thursday they'll pick back up so but Isaiah Nichols got a bit of a foot issue you know linebacker I'm not that concerned about linebacker if you can get some guys staying healthy Hayden Henry did not scrimmage because he's got he's he's had a shoulder for a while they really want to make sure that let's get your shoulder healthy you know you're going to return for your bonus senior season let's get that shoulder healthy Uh, so they didn't scrimmage him on Saturday but, you know, Levi Draper's also not back yet, who's up to 250 pounds. But if you get Levi Draper, Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, that's a solid four some of linebackers. And, you know, you've got some other young guys that might come up, JT, JT Towers, Kellen Burrell, um, Andrew Parker, you know. some. So, But to be honest, I mean, like those guys are like hopefuls, you know, the guys that I just mentioned there. You, you hope some of those guys start to come on because for linebacker, I think you should be really scared a lot. Not really, but a little scared about 2022 versus 2021 because there is a lot of unproven linebackers. Now, that could all change this season. You know, those guys I just mentioned get some experience, and you're like, okay. I mean, you know, it's how you always feel until you get some guys in the game. You know, like, okay, they're, they might be okay here. But I think linebacker is going to be okay, particularly because of the guys you got coming back and Morgan and Poole. I mean, everybody's coming back a linebacker, even uh, Dion. Edwards is coming back at linebacker, who's more of an outside guy, and I think he's been working at safety some too. Zach Zymos, they bumped back to safety at 6'4", 235. Like, not nickel, but safety. I mean, he's bigger than Steve Atwater. So, speaking of safeties, I mean, they've done, they've done that three two six the entire spring. They have not deviated from a three two six. Now, they'll do more man stuff this year on, de- on defense, but, um, you know, where a lot of – you know, drop eight type of stuff last year, but they'll do more zone, uh, more man stuff this year. And you know, they've made a big emphasis also on you know running the ball and stopping the run. Sam Pittman said after scrimmage, the the great teams are the ones that run the ball when they want to and stop the run when they want to. And that's that's absolutely true. When you can run the ball and they know it's coming, uh, that's that's when it's beautiful for you. <laughs> that's when you've got your program at a different level. So. You know, back into the secondary, Jalen Catalan has missed some time, obviously. He could be back Tuesday, I think, for that one practice. So, I'll let you figure out why he's he's missing. Um, but they have been running that three two six, and it's because they've got so many talented safety candidates. I mean, Simeon Blair is a guy that not a lot of people are talking about. He was just put on scholarship last year, but, you know, he's been starting all spring. Uh, Joe Fouché. Joe Fouché is up to, like, over 211 pounds, and one of the reasons is because he's actually able to lift weights now. He's had a shoulder injury that has bothered him uh, for over a year and had shoulder surgery and wasn't able to lift heavy weights with it and can now. So he's packing on some some uh, some more weight. And, you know, Fouché's I mean, he was an SEC player the week one week. So, um, that's good. Miles Slusher, I think, uh, super intrigued with him. I think he's a starter for you this year. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Jalen Catalan uh, is, you know, football writer associated with America, All-American. Um, yeah, good. And Nick Turner is another good-looking one. Um, there's there's a lot of good-looking safeties on this team. I'm sure I'm, I'm probably – uh, missing somebody, even though you and you, on top of you lost Miles Mason to the transfer portal. I mean, but that just shows you, you know, you've got some real talent back there. Uh, and then cornerback, you know, Monteric Brown, Trent Gordon, I think, is a guy that's starting to move up. Kari Johnson, Hudson Clark, who got the start on Saturday. And Hudson has really kind of, from what I've seen, kind of emerged as a leader. He's made some good plays in practice, too. I know people bag on him a little bit. They don't think he's that fast and stuff. But uh, I'll say it again, he, you don't win that old Miss game without Hudson Clark. So, should he be challenged by other players for time? Yes. Should he not play? I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think he, I think he's a good player for him and a guy who's deserving of scholarship of a scholarship. So um, that's pretty much my rundown. I think here and there. What else we got? Baseball team beat Alabama two games, lost one. They'd lost three in a row. They dropped to number two. So they play. Who they play? Memphis this week, I think. Starting Tuesday. For those of you who know, I don't, I don't really – Curtis covers baseball. I don't do a whole lot of baseball stuff. But um, we do cover baseball at Hogsport, so you can find some stuff there if you're interested in more of that. All right. We're going to go to your questions now? I think we are. I think we're going to go to questions. Before we go, though, i got to remind you one more time. It's the last time I'm going to do it. If you haven't thrown us that thumbs up, go ahead and do so. 
on Facebook or YouTube. Go ahead and throw us a thumbs up. Interact with the video. Share it if you think somebody might like it. Subscribe to the page on YouTube and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. And also on Facebook Live, be sure you are following the page. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star rating. Say something nice about it. Leave a review. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Sign up for our Hog Sports newsletter. If you haven't done so already, just go to the top right of hawgsports.com and sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you breaking news. We'll also send you um, all our free content. We'll mix in a couple of VIP articles, but 75% of it will be free Razorback content that you can enjoy. And uh, also, you got to sign up for the text alerts. If you want the breaking news delivered straight to your phone, like to get it before any of your buddies know about it, like a commitment or a game time change or anything like that. And also, we'll link you back to a story if you want to read more about it. But And we don't send them all the time. Like breaking news text alerts, you might get three in a day when there's actually breaking news. We're not just going to send you stuff. Um, but it's it's a it's a free resource to have. Why would you not sign up for breaking news text alerts? Uh, I mean, there are times where we don't send any in a week. There's not any breaking news. And there are other times when, yeah, there is. So be sure to do that. Also, Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month. H-A-W-G-Sports.com or 30% off for your first year. Appreciate everybody listening to that. Thank you for not skipping. I know you did last time. You skipped through it. So I appreciate you listening, entertaining the idea. Just go check us out. I think you'll be glad you did. All righty. Questions, questions. Did you feel good today? Chest out a little bit. Feels good. Note, love him. One shot, hate him the next. Absolutely, David McDaniel. I love him more than I hate him. I don't hate him. I mean, you know, you, you hate the decision sometimes. But at the same time, I mean, he's how many times has he done that? And you're just like, whoa. And it's just like the other team is just like, oh, God. Ugh, JD, why did you do it? Brandon D. McDaniel, do you think Vanover is the guy for this team? I mean, Vanover has a role here and there. I was actually thinking that Musselman was superstitious as I am, and that's why Vanover was starting every game. But um, I do think that maybe there's – an idea that, you know, we say that Vanover, it's not a good matchup for Vanover against this team or that team. But I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe Vanover's not a good personnel for Arkansas team. At the same time, I've said this before, there will be a point sometime where Vanover does something great for Arkansas, or and maybe it's a year away, you know. But I have seen him in practice just go off before, and his three hasn't been there like it has been. I mean, this guy was, like, draining threes. Um, you know, when we watched him, you know, last year in the red-white game, um, when I watched him in practice sometimes, you know, just I've seen him, you know, block, dunk, three, hook shot, three, you know, just like it's all him for stretches. I've seen him in practice. So, um, yeah, I mean, he needs a great offseason. I don't think, you know, like transferring or something is, is the answer. Adrian Jones says, ridiculous, bad call. Even Charles Barkley said it was a bad call. What call are we talking about? The uh, the dunk, maybe. Brandon D. McDaniel said, I think at the very least he has some high-quality depth. David McDaniel says, BS technical foul. I guess that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, what is he supposed to do, just land on his back? Like, just go flying into the pole? What do you call that? The padding on the pole? I don't even know what you call it. Pat Adams of the SEC called that. Hmm, yes. I was wondering when I saw Pat Adams. There's only a few SEC refs, you know. You're right. Pat Adams, Doug Shouse <laughs> for basketball. Trent Johnson says, have you heard anything at all about KK? I mean, he's, it's next year for KK. I hate it for him. I think he probably would have come on in a similar fashion as, you know, Debo Davis maybe. Jalen Williams, both those guys have come on. You know, Mo, Moses Moody, like we overlook how much Moses Moody has improved on some things, but some of the shots and moves he makes, like I think, you know, it's difficult for him because they're all keyed on him because he can get his own shot and stuff. But, um, again, back to we haven't seen the best of Arkansas yet in this tournament. We just haven't. We haven't seen everything just clicking the way we know it can. And, and part of that is Moody, you know, just going off on somebody, getting 28 points. Josh Weaver says, rehab is going good. KK, appreciate the update. David McDaniel says, great start for Jay Williams, first start. Adrian Jones says, starting three freshmen in a second-round NCAA tournament game. Amazing. Absolutely, Adrian. 
Brandon D. McDaniel says, I understand that, but is getting dunked on ran past and other noticeable issues he is having. Great kid, and I like him, though. I guess you're still talking about Note. Matt Bounce says, can we talk about Debo getting the assignment to lock up McClung for a minute? Did anybody see McClung's uh, – I mean, this was wrong, but his uh, Wikipedia page he was talking about Debo locking him down. That's funny, but, I mean, McClung's a good player. I mean, give the guy credit. He's a good player, but Debo did a great job locking down. Josh Weaver says, Brandon D. McDaniel, replying to Josh Weaver, Brandon says, as you saw, he was benched last game. Must have seen the same things you and I are seeing, but there's something to be said about a guy who can reach his arm up and dunk and also hit a 30-footer. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Carnodal says, Trey Biddy's a hack there, I said. Matt Houston says, why hasn't Hunter Yurichek given him an extension? He will. I mean, like, it's in the works anyway. Like, even if Musselman hadn't have made this run or this finish that he's had, um, as long as Musselman is, like, good enough to keep, you know, you're not going to fire him. As long as that's the case, after two years, coaches get an extension. He'll get whatever pushes him out to five years. I mean, that's going to happen. Now, he's, now the price tag may have gone up a little bit, but that always happens, no matter, no matter the sport, football or basketball. Maurice Norman says, pull the Brinks truck up to the coach's house. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Teddy KGB says, Josh Weaver says Matt Houston replying to Matt Houston. Matt Houston replying to Josh Weaver. That always confuses me. He'll get an extension. Josh Weaver, beep, beep, beep. Josh Weaver, correct. You guys are having your own conversation here. Terry Holmes in my comment section, my question sections. Josh McSwain says, very happy to see Jalen Williams step up. Didn't have the great I mean, he didn't like have a great start out. And I was thinking like they need Jalen Williams, but if he's not going to rebound, then they got to take him out. They got to play small ball. And they did for a little bit, but good to see him come back and, and have a lot of success. Jeff Smith's been building his NBA resume, right? I agree. Kurt Andrews says, I know Coach Muss is known as a transfer portal guy, but look what he did with these freshmen. Absolutely. Everybody talks about Muss's portal, but Musselman has said the same thing. Like, I view these freshmen as draft picks. I drew, I view the portal as free agents. I mean, and that's exactly right. In this day and age of college basketball, 40% of the players transfer. So in this day and age, you have to play both sides of it. You have to, you know? I mean, it's almost like junior college recruiting is not, I don't want to say dead. It's not. I mean, obviously they're recruiting junior college players, but the portal has kind of taken over that in a large sense. But you have to recruit both. Arkansas had a top 10 recruiting class last year because of four freshmen that they brought in, in addition to all the transfers that they brought in, not just transfers. They had sit one guys that were here last year, like J.D. Note and, and Connor Vanover. Uh, Abiyami Iola, who has been hurt all year, just played a little bit in the SEC. Uh, was it the SEC tournament? I think he got a little bit of action in that one. Um, or late in the season, I can't remember which one. And then, um, you know, you've got guys that came in like Justin Smith. I mean, so it's a mix. You pull from every – area that you can and that's one. I think guys that's one of the things that is a little frustrating to me again about the Todd Furman things because like what Musselman does first of all you know his analytics and the way that they practice his attention to detail is absurd like Musselman I'm not saying like I'm you know basketball coach or anything or we have like the same profession but he's a lot I see a lot of myself in him like I get frustrated at stuff like sometimes I, I get emotional and I don't know what to do with my emotions you know and I don't know, screaming to a pillow or whatever. I'm sure Musselman's probably done that before. But, you know, like I get up and I get down high and low. I am a, you know, probably have some obsessive compulsive tendencies that, you know, make me double check everything, make me pay attention to, to details and stuff. And I know I mess up. Everybody does. But there are certain personality traits like that that I see about myself that I feel like maybe – Maybe as a hindrance sometimes on a personal life schedule, uh, you know, <laughs> personal life deal, but really helped me in my work. And I think that's important to have uh, for a coach, a guy that is meticulous, a guy that overanalyzes everything. And Musselman does that. And, you know, for you to consider that, along with his record, which is impressive, you know, everywhere that he has been, what he's done on the college level, but at Nevada and now at Arkansas, and the way he recruits and, and knows how to pull from everything. I mean, he's the importer, right? He knows where to pull talent from. And to say, like, this is a coaching mismatch, like licking his chops, like Chris Beard's over there just drooling 
Oh, Eric Musselman's over there. God, thank you. Like, just ridiculous. It's just baseless. That's what that's what everybody's upset about. It's not just like you just went picked Arkansas to lose. Or and then you come back with your, you know, your reason, like, yeah, I'd look like a genius. No, you wouldn't. You still wouldn't look like a genius. But the fact that you see it that way. Curtis Donaldson says, what's up with Vanover? We need that height. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's an opportunity maybe against Oral Roberts for Vanover to play a role. He's got to hit three. If Vanover's not hitting threes, then it doesn't work. That's my opinion. But, again, I've seen him have moments where he can just, like, go off. And maybe that'll happen. If it doesn't this year, maybe it'll happen next year. Jeremy Dick says, I don't blame him for saying what he did. He said his son saw it and brought it to him. I was kind of worried about the whole Chris Beard thing, not offering him the job. I know he wanted felt disrespect to the U of A. Woo damn pig. You know, I'll say this about Chris Beard, and I'm going to tick off Texas Tech fans here, but Indiana's looking for a coach. And I've seen, like, first of all, Indiana, from a historical standpoint, um, is a blue blood program. And Arkansas is that, you know, in a lot of ways. I and mean, then Arkansas hasn't done what they've done this season in 25 years. Indiana hasn't won a national championship since – 87, I think. They went to the title game maybe in 2003. So there's a lot of people, like, I see Indiana stuff, and this is no disrespect, but um, I see a lot of fans, you know, and fans do this. You know, you think you're, you know, the best, and, and Arkansas fans are right, but everybody else is, you know, feels that way too. So they talk like Musman like they just go get him or something, you know. Um, I don't know that that's the case. First of all, I think moving from Nevada, and I, I use this analogy like house size, square footage, moving from Nevada to Arkansas is like moving from a 2,000-square-foot home to a 4,000-square-foot home. Indiana historically has a better tradition than Arkansas does. Arkansas has a great tradition, top 25 easy, even with these last 25 years. But Indiana may be a top 10 program all time just based on you know how many national championships they've won and Final Fours they've been doing, all that stuff. But in this modern day, I don't think you can say that Musselman has a better chance of winning big at Indiana than he does at Arkansas, okay? It's because so much of it is, is the coach. You know, it's Mark Few at Gonzaga. You can't tell me like Jim Calhoun at UConn makes a difference versus what they have going on now. Bobby Knight at Indiana, Nolan Richardson at Arkansas. Yeah, it's about having a place that – has the facilities, has the resources, has the passion and the drive to support basketball, okay? And there are some schools that can do that, and Arkansas is one of them. But moving from Nevada to Arkansas is a 2,000-square-foot house to a 4,000-square-foot house. Moving from Arkansas to Indiana is a 4,000-square-foot house to a 4,500-square-foot house. It's a, sure, okay, a little better, a little better tradition, all that stuff. But do you move? I don't think you make a move just to be moving for 500 square feet especially when you just put a bunch of money in to landscaping, you put a covered patio out there, you know, you invested all this stuff, you're not getting all that money back, right? So Musselman's also a $5 million buyout until I think May 31st, something like that. That's a long time to wait. Maybe it's April 31st. I can't remember. It's it's a while off. Forty. I think I wrote it down, it's like 40-some days. So I think Chris Beard's like one and a half, two and a half million for the buyout. And this isn't anything against Texas Tech, okay? I'm not saying anything against Texas Tech, but what I'm saying for Chris Beard is he's he's out of the tournament now. Uh, it's been now two seasons since he had his magical run and went to the championship game. They lost, but they went to the championship game. It's the hottest thing ever. And Arkansas fans, you know, it, it just became more and more unlikely that year that Arkansas would hire Chris Beard because he kept advancing and advancing, you know. So – and Arkansas ended up pretty good shape with Musselman. But, you know, for Beard, Texas Tech has some, you know, recent tradition. I'm not saying – I mean, they've got a nice arena. I'm not saying they don't want support and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're talking about more going from, you know, a 3,000-square-foot home to a 4,500-square-foot home, which you, you can do. And I don't know. Also for Musselman leaving Arkansas – and I, that's no disrespect to Texas Tech, but I do think that, like, that's a bigger jump from Lubbock to Bloomington than from Fayetteville to Bloomington. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I'm sure Texas Tech fans just, you know, disagree with me. But uh, and, and he's proven that you can win there. But you can also – I know you can get players in Indiana every year. And he's, he's done some good, you know, recruiting stuff. But at the same time, what Chris Beard has done at Texas Tech, they won't ever forget. 
You know, even though he's he's removed a couple of years, they've been good. They haven't been great like they were that year, or maybe even the year before that when they won 27 games. But they won't forget that. And same thing with Musselman at Arkansas. You've got some equity here now. You know, the best season in 25 years, not going to forget that, Eric. Not forgetting it, okay? Indiana, you have a couple of average, maybe a mediocre year here. They're not going to give a crap what you did at Arkansas going to the Sweet 16 or maybe if you beat it or Roberts to the Elite Eight or so on and so forth. But at Arkansas, you have some equity now. You have some grace. We understand if something happens and, you know, you have a bunch of injuries one year, things just don't go your way. We know you're going to bounce back because you did it before. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's important. Let me get this how to watch off here. I hate when I forget to leave that up there. I forget to take that down. So, anyway, that's kind of my thoughts on the coaching search. I don't see any reason. I mean, there are reasons, but I, I just see, like, Chris Beard to Indiana. That makes a lot of sense. And there's some other guys out there. Beeline, I mean, he's older. There's some other – Porter Moser. I mean – there's some good options out there, I think, for Indiana. It's a great job. It is a great job. It's historic. I mean, there's so many benefits there. But, um, like, UCLA, like, you're not just going to go to UCLA and start winning just because John Wooden won a bunch of national championships there. Yeah, they're invested. They love basketball. But there's a lot of other places like that. And Arkansas is like that, too. This is not going to Kansas right now or Kentucky which is you know kind of you know in a lot of ways not shown like whoever goes there is going to win like big but um, you're going to win if you go to those programs because they're just kind of on a different level Duke probably like North Carolina North Carolina but we've also seen you know Guthrie we've seen other guys go to those schools and and fail you know that's happened too so it's it's about the place it's about the players that you can recruit there, and it's about the coach. And anybody who says – one of the things I've always said, and people know this about me too, I'm getting on repeat, but it's not just about the X's and the O's. It's also about the Jimmys and the Joes. That's the expression. It's not It's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. The coach matters. The coach matters. The same guys – I mean, like – I mean, the same guys will go from one school, one situation, and go to the next school and also have – why is it? why does that always happen if it's not about the coaches? Why does, I mean, everybody's got their suspicions on Bruce Pearl, I'm sure. Shoegate and all that stuff. But Bruce Pearl went from Tennessee where they won big and, uh, uh, you know, has gone to Auburn now where they've won big, you know. I mean, obviously they didn't participate in the postseason this year because of certain things. But, you know, Bruce Pearl gets it done no matter <laughs> what the cost. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. That was, that was not in, intentional. All right, Jeremy Dick says, I don't, we talked about that. Aaron Anderson says, Devo is going to become a star. So many of these freshmen are going to be amazing. Yeah, once Devo gets his shot down a little bit better, he's got a real, real chance. And he's starting to get it. He's got that little mid-range. He's a lefty, you know, but he improves as a shooter a little bit. Look out. I mean, he's just athlete. He is Arkansas guard. I, like, I've always said, like, I think when somebody says Arkansas guard, I'm like, Clint McDaniel. Devo's in there now, too. Tamara Enman Bowen says, hey, Trey, love the walk and talks. Appreciate that. If y'all didn't see my walk and talk, I did a little walk and talk after the uh, after the scrimmage. Did a little macho man, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've always – so I grew up a big uh, 80s wrestling fan when I was a kid. I'm 43, so that was like – for me, that was, you know, up until like seventh grade, you know, probably. Um, I, w- I loved wrestling as a little kid. And, uh, you know, I always did Macho Man impersonation, so that's where that comes from. Hulk Hogan, Duff the Rose, dropping the elbows, you know. <laughs> so I've always done that kind of stuff, so I guess that's why I'm able to do it, kind of an impromptu. Macho Man, oh, yeah. Do the rest have something he gets taped, he gets abused, and never call, gets a foul call for him? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like um, Desi Seals. I feel like Desi used to never get a call, and he hasn't played as much. But Debbie, Desi, um, you know, has a role in this team. It's just kind of gone a different way. Mario Tim says, not enough foot speed. They target in the pick and roll. Yep. Josh Gar says, Biddy, what's your prediction for the Oral Roberts game? Uh, I mean, I, I'm predicting Arkansas is going to win again. 
I, I think that it's you know important not to get overconfident or anything like that because this is a team that what beat Ohio State, beat Florida. I mean, so understand that. Don't just look at the name on the uniform, but understand that these teams can knock off really good teams. So it's it's going to be a tough one. I mean, they're all they're all tough at this point. They're all tough. There are no easy games when you get to the NCAA tournament. We've seen that across the board. Kyle Isbell says, I'm um, Jalen Williams did just fine. Yeah, he did. Why are you slapping your face? Why are you doing the hand slap thing? Jalen Williams did do fine. I was talking about early in the game, you know, like he wasn't getting rebounds. They were they were getting offensive boards. He ended up out-rebounding everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. not sure what you're talking about. Nathan Post said, why did Tate lose the headband in the second half? I think there's things like that are just superstitious. Why does Eric Musselman change masks? Why do I freeze? I mean, like, I'll freeze. If things start going well, just don't move. I mean, my, I had my leg crossed over and my calf started hurting because I I didn't want to move. <laughs> I've done that since I was a kid. So, yeah, superstitions. I mean, we all think that we're doing something. Like, nobody move. Nobody move in this room. Somebody moves. You're like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to torture yourself watching the game. Are you? Are you is anybody like... Do you dread the game? Do you dread the game as much as you look forward to it when it's like there's this much at stake? Like, kind of dread it a little bit, don't you? But, yeah, I mean, taking the headband off. Yeah, things aren't working right. Take the headband off. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that stuff all the time. I mean, I was cleaning up the kitchen because I was thinking, okay, everybody, everything's got to be in order here. we got to get the kitchen clean. I've got my food. I'm going to watch the game. Everything's clean. We're good. We're ready. I'm sitting down, you know. I'm not, like, sitting down right after tip. All those kind of things. I think everybody does that, right? Sports and superstition, they just, they just work. Williams is awesome. He'll have a monster tournament. Matthew Philpott says, Trey, what are the chances Walker Kessler coming to Arkansas next year? I mean, I just saw that he entered the transfer portal, former uh, five-star freshman from North Carolina. I, he, I looked him over, he, like Arkansas wasn't in his final school. I mean, it's like Duke, Michigan. He's from Georgia, Fairburn, Georgia, I think. Mike Crawford said, I got ripped off during playtime. Adrian Jones says, I think it may be a superstition thing. I've seen Devo do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Crawford says, we need more basketball talk. I get it in football, but this has been needed for a quarter century. <laughs> well, Crawford, um, you should definitely check out Curtis Wilkerson. We, we actually started this year. Um, when I was making a new hire this year, I wanted to find a guy who, you know, could outdo me on basketball from, you know, like I've, I know the history of Razorback basketball and have followed my entire life and all that stuff and, you know, watch every game, all of those things, know all the players, all that stuff, stats, history, all that stuff. But I wanted a guy who could take things from, uh, you know, an analytical standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, explain things a little bit farther. And that's where we found Curtis Wilkerson, who was a former NAI coach. So we brought Curtis Wilkerson onto the site, and I think he has just done a fantastic job. And, yeah, I did see a need. I saw, like, okay – I really like Musselman. I really like the players he's bringing in here. feel like basketball is about to go to another level. Let's go get us a basketball guy guru at Hog Sports and found Curtis, and he's just been fantastic. But we got a spinoff show, Mike, um, called Hog, uh, excuse me, Hog Hoops Live, where Curtis just talks basketball the whole show. And we run that. We've been running that all year after the midweek game. And he's done some, you know, instant analysis stuff. So, um, of course, we're talking basketball. The name of this show is Hog Sports Live, so we're going to encompass, you know, everything. And if I need to talk baseball, I'll bring in one of our guys to talk a little more baseball because that is my admitted weak point. Um, I'm more football, basketball, baseball's kind of way down here. And, and it's just – I mean, that's just me personally. It's not like I'm not like – watching the games and, you know, following and everything like that. But we need somebody else who can talk a little bit more baseball than I can. Um, but I love talking football. And, um, yeah, it's spring football. People are interested. David Owen says, I've been high on Coley all along. I like Coley. I do. Let's see. A lot of replying to people. Trey, Coley reminds me of Chris Leak. Yeah, probably similar size too. Yeah, probably similar size and similar build. It's a good comparison, Kevin Gill. Mario Tim says, we have at least five sports more important than football right now. <laughs> well, sorry, Mario. You, nobody's making you watch the show, but I'm going to talk about the sports. Like, I can tell you this, Mario, and this is no disrespect to anything else, okay? Any, uh, like, 
gymnastics, volleyball, uh, swimming, diving, any of that stuff. But people will say that they want more of this and more of that. And I can see the numbers. I see the analytics of content that we run. Okay. And I know what people hit on and it's football, basketball, football, basketball, football, basketball. And then baseball is a pretty distant after. I mean, and not when like you're talking like world series and stuff like that. But my opinion is people love watching Razorback baseball games. They like looking at the box score after the game, but I don't feel like there's a whole lot of, for whatever reason, maybe it's because there's so many games, but uh, people don't hit the stories as much for baseball. They just don't. And I don't know. I mean, that's just we're going to put our efforts where um, the people want them, you know, and we're not going to pull away from our basketball and football coverage um, for something else if, um, you know, time doesn't allow or stuff like that. So, yeah, I get it. You know, there are other sports that are, I mean, 14 sports are, sports are nationally ranked right now at University of Arkansas out of 19. I mean, I feel like is that all the sports? And that's fantastic. But we're going to talk about football and basketball mostly here. And we'll bring in some people for baseball for the key baseball matchups. So I hope you understand why we do it the way we do it. Christian Hildebrand says, I hope to see football improvement in football. I mean, it's all going to come down to quarterback, but yeah. I think that there's absolutely reason to expect improvement in football this year if quarterback can get good because you've got so many starters returning and guys that are also going to push those starters. And I like, I felt like Arkansas still even kind of overachieved last year. You know, it could, not just like the wins and losses. That's something that I always talked about. You know, when you have a coaching change like that, don't necessarily measure it just on wins and losses, but how competitive are they? And there was a lot of games that they lost that were very competitive last year too. Do you still believe the transfer portal this summer will pay dividends for Barry Odom? I think it's possible. I mean, right now I don't know if there's anybody in there that you like, this is a guy. But, yeah, I think defensive line, they'd like they'd like a they'd like a good edge rusher and a run stopper both. Will Catalan be gone after this upcoming season? Catalan can be gone after this upcoming season if he wanted to go pro. But I don't – I think it probably a little bit early. But, yeah, if he wanted to go pro, he could. Nothing more important than football, says Josh Gar. I mean, that's what the analytics say. Even in this rush of basketball, which has been fantastic, I've never experienced anything like this as a media person covering basketball. But to actually see the surge of Razorback fans and the traffic on our site, I mean, it's just insane right now. It's um, it's good to see. And I love – I mean, as I've said, I love covering Razorback, Razorback sports, Razorback basketball, Razorback football – and it's, it's good to see the reward with, um, you know, how interested people are in the coverage that we do at Hog Sports. Ray Saber says, two years in and love it. Think we'll ever see Desi make a comeback. I mean, Desi will have his moments. He had, I mean, he knocked down a bunch of threes um, not too long ago. I think he had went four or five from three-point range. So, yeah. some point i think his shoulder probably just injured you know bother him a whole lot and also debo's really come on the end of the game tate should have been called for a foul yeah i think that's debatable he gave him a little bit of a bump um you know i don't know that refs are going to really call that one you know when it comes down they don't want to like insert themselves but he gave he definitely he gave him a little bit of the business i agree i'm still pumped I'm, i forgot it's a monday says dave valentine happy spring break well spring break for most people in arkansas University's not necessarily taking a, bas- uh, a break. Let's see. Hopefully the momentum can help us land UNC kid in the portal. While Note is my favorite player when it comes in, when he comes in, Moody disappears. He does. I, I, I thought that same thing, Joey. I thought that same thing that uh, Joey Moses comment that, you know, that, that does happen. But, I, I mean, I think it also opens up a lot of things for Note. Rob Kernodal says, love someone laughing at picking at UTV. Also, pronounce the last exactly right. Kernodal, good. Usually it's the easiest way. I figure if I can say Abiyami Eola, then I can say Rob Kernodal. <laughs> Let's see if I can say Spencer Offenbacher. Offenbacher. Coach is a great and a great human that wears his emotion on his sleeve. No problem with that at all. Again, I mentioned our top three produced stories the past 22 days in the month of March at Hog Sports have all been about Eric Musselman. Eric Musselman 
struggling in the bubble. Eric Musselman irked over the uh, All-SEC awards, and Eric Musselman firing back at a reporter who trashed him. The top three, easy. All Eric Musselman. When it comes to Vanover, it's hard to do anything when you only got two or three minutes on the floor. I agree with that, yeah. R.W. Groblib. I mean, these are tough last names. G-R-O-B-L-E-B-E, Groblib. Indiana has eight Final Fours, Arkansas six. Right. I mean, and Indiana has, I mean, how many national championships? They've got a, they got more, a lot more national championships. But, yeah, it's, a again, a 4,000-square-foot house. So it's a big, sizable, nice home to a 4,500-square-foot house. You don't make that change, especially when you've got a lot invested already in the 4,000-square-foot home. Now, if we're talking about a 6,000-square-foot home, maybe, yeah, obviously that's a, that's a different story. But that's not what Indiana is right now. I'm not sure that there's anybody that is that really right now. Is Duke Duke without Coach K? I don't think so. I mean, the tradition, the passion there is everything, but just because just because you've got all of that doesn't mean the coach is going to be the guy that's going to take you to the next level. It's, it's so much about coaching and not just like, you know, coaching the day of the game. Everybody wants to win the day of the game, but all the things that you do pre- preparing, you know, putting things together, the people that you bring around into the program, all of those things are so important from other coaches to, heck, even down to like grad assistants, student managers, all of those things. Those are all huge for your program. All those are important. Who do you surround yourself with? How do you conduct yourself day to day? And, yeah, how do you prepare during the week? And what are the calls you make during the game? Did Arkansas ever consider Coach Sampson out of Houston? Uh, Yeah, they did. And a lot of people reported that that was going to happen. I tried to tell people I had a very good source connected to Houston uh, that that was not going to happen, even though people were saying it is. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you reach out to him. He's He's got a fantastic track record. I mean, he's had some issues here and there. Jason Nording says, yes, with the first one offered. Uh, Dean Davis's Vanover is not athletic and gets abused more athletic guys. Yeah, I mean, if the three's not falling, then things don't work for him. But they can if that can happen. David Ever says, Juracek won't let it happen. Let me see if I got anything else here, guys. We've gone over an hour. Vanover is more ASU. Does Moody come back? Says Spencer. Uh, no, Moody's Moody's gone. I mean, they've been saying he's a lottery pick all year, but no, I don't think there's any reason for him to come on. It's the Nature Boy. I, I did a Ric Flair. Um, I did a Ric Flair after the Mississippi State game. If you go back and look at my walk and talk, you'll see my Ric Flair. Woo! We're losing Justin Smith, Tate, most likely Moody, not wanting to look next year with with uh, so much they have to play. But how do we place that production? I mean, there's some guys coming in. But, yeah, that's that's a lot to lose. I mean, just going into this season, I felt like this is an opportunity for Arkansas to have its best team in 25 years. I know I said that. I know I thought that. I mean, again, that's one reason I was like, we got to get a basketball guy. And why we ended up with Curtis Wilkerson, because of looking at what I felt like was ahead for this basketball program. RU is a completely different team than when we play them just like us. Absolutely, Aaron. Do not overlook anybody. Uh, I think Devo could be a lottery pick within one or two more years. If he gets his shot, you know, and again, a little more control because he, he is 150 miles an hour, just like Note. Note and him both. I love both those guys on the floor. Mark Douglas says, Strange, when I watch, we play poorly. When I change the channel or stop, we play better. Going to start. Charging the fans to extort money to pay me not to watch. I mean, you got to take that for the team, Mark. I'm sorry. Um, Keith Grayson was watching the game in a shower or just in the shower during the game. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's called fandom. Not watching the game because they performed really well because one time you were taking a shower during it and staying in the shower. Should have got video of that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's clean. It's had you know above the head. It's not him in the shower. God no. All right. I mean, I could keep going forever. There's so many comments. We've got so much traffic on here today. I mean, that is Razorback fans, right? Razorback fans are in the house today. All right, everybody. Sign up to Hog Sports if you haven't done so already. We'll continue our great content from Indianapolis with Curtis Wilkerson. Also, more to come with Razorback Spring Football. Just $1 right now for your first month. Arkansas in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1996. Got a chance to go to the Elite Eight 
for the first time since 1995. Remarkable, remarkable stuff. I'm going to close it with that, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us. appreciate all your questions. Be sure to check out uh, Curtis Wilkerson's instant reaction after the game from Indianapolis, and be safe going back to St. Louis uh, for a stop-off until you go back to Indianapolis, Curtis. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.